have squeaky chairs and we apologize if you pick up the squeaky chairs. However, we're also using new microphones. This yeah, was requested yeah. by a review. Uh, we're hoping that these work better. Uh, this is literally the third set of microphones we have purchased and tried this year alone. Mm -hmm. But this one, I think... I think we found... I think we found the happy yeah. spot. We found mm -hmm. the happy, hopefully. Hopefully you like the audio quality. Anyway, we are back with another episode of Exploring the North Shore. So we actually do have a few episodes that we've recorded sections of that we are, it's just, it's a time issue right now. It is summer-ish. It's not technically summer even. It's only June 15th as I'm recording this right now. And, but we, you know, here on the North Shore, the summer season kicks off right after Memorial Day weekend. Yep. We are in the heat of it. There is, an, but not heat because it hasn't been very hot. But we are in the midst of our summer busyness. And so we have a lot of plans and a lot of things in the works, but just nothing really done yet. But we have this episode that we wanted to bring you because it was timely being in the month of June. And also because it gives you an opportunity to look up what we're going to be talking about right now. And maybe uh, hopefully it's, it's about a movie. So hopefully you can watch it yourself. But yes, so that is why we've been gone a little bit, but why we are back for this particular episode right now. We have many more episodes in the works as soon as we can get the time in this very, very busy season to bring it to you. Um, I did want to bring or maybe talk about a few updates from past episodes just really quickly. Um, which one did I have to update? It was something we talked about like two episodes ago. Um, Sydney's Sydney's. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> Holy cow. That was like the biggest blank in my head. Like I couldn't even put in my brain the thing that I was trying to talk about, but we wanted to very quickly give you an update on Sydney's, which was, I, it was either our last episode or two episodes ago. I think it was actually our last one. I, yeah. I think it was our last one. There was a fire that did destroy the building. It absolutely destroyed the building. You can go, like the four walls are still standing, but the roof is gone. It is very much. It was not the last one. Oh, it wasn't. Um, it was. No, that one was smack dab in the middle of our North Shore Brewery guide. That's right. Okay, so this is two episodes ago now. I do apologize, but we do have an update. And it's actually a very, I think, the best possible update right? that I couldn't have even fathomed at the time we made that episode and the time that the fire happened. Mm -hmm. We are mere weeks away from Sydney's once again serving food in Grand Marais. Now, the building is still a burnt out shell of its once glorious former self, and it will stay that way until the summer of 2025 is when they plan to fix up, rebuild, and bring back Sydney's in its original location. However, because the guy that owns Sydney's is a builder and has access to a lot of resources in that department, he was actually able to procure two uh, storage shipping containers. shipping containers. Yeah. Two shipping containers that he has put together. It's actually located in the parking lot on it's on the corner of Wisconsin Avenue and first Avenue. So it's across the street from blue water and joins Ben Franklin. Yep. So if you are familiar with grand Marais and of course some 
other more recent fire information. It's that parking lot that was by Picnic and Pine. Where Crooked Spoon. We're in Crooked Spoon. And we're, yeah, where Crooked Spoon's food truck currently is. A little food truck city has popped up over there. And now it's going to be joined by the temporary location for Sydney's frozen custard and wood-fired pizza, which according to the sign is going to open in July. Mere weeks. I don't know yeah. when in July. It might be the end of July. Yeah. I don't know. July, though. July, which is already next month. And it's incredible that this restaurant could be risen from the ashes. Not in its original original location, but close enough. Yeah. And it was quick, too. Very quick. It was just quick. like we were driving, doing our, our drive um, during lunch. And we always drive by Sydney's. And they had the sign up that said... We will be back in summer 2025, like check out our, our new, new location, location downtown. And so we're both like, what? Wait, what? Are you like, what? So we drive downtown and there's just two shipping containers already got holes in them. And he's already like got a good chunk of stuff done. And since then, he's built like a pergola and it looks like a patio space where there's going to be dining. And it's yep. just a really nice setup that he was able to put together in quick weeks, yeah. probably possibly days because those, those shipping containers have been there for a while. We just didn't know what they were for. Mm -hmm. So yes, that is your update on Sydney's frozen custard and wood fired pizza. We are proud to say, not proud because we're not doing anything. We are <laughs> pleased. Happy. We are happy to say that they will be back. So if you were very sad about the loss of Sydney's, and the wood-fired pizza or the pitas or the euros or custard. the custard, don't you worry. We don't know what their menu is going to be like, but trust me, as soon as they open up, we will be sure to get down there and tell you all about it. We also have another new dining option here in Grand Marais that is located oh, yeah. on... <laughs> Martha gave me this look like, what are you talking about? Completely forgot. It's it's located across the, not Highway 61, but the smaller street from Marathon, the gas station. And it is called Taste of India something and curry. Taste of India spice and curry. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. is a new food truck by the owner of the Marathon gas station who last year ran on, during the summer months on Fridays, a limited Fridays menu. Saturdays. Oh, it was on Saturday. Oh, yeah, it you're was. right. It was Fridays and Saturdays. It was called Sam's Corner. And he's a gentleman from India, and he just cooks the best. Oh, delicious. I could not wait to get my hands on some samosas again. So it, he stopped serving it at Sam's Corner at the end of last summer, but did promise us he would be back with a food truck, and the food truck is here. So be sure to also check that out. What was that? My Slack notification. Oh, funny. <laughs> okay. I was like, that is the Turn weirdest noise I've up. ever heard. Uh, so yeah, check out Taste of India and check out, uh, of course, Sydney's when it reopens and enjoy the new expanded dining options here in Grammaray. And now it is time to get to the whole purpose of this podcast. We have a special guest joining us for an interview today. And if you have been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you will recognize their voice. They were on two past episodes, which we mentioned which ones in the <laughs> in the actual interview. So stay tuned to listen after the intro for uh, what episodes you may have heard them on in the past. 
But we are here today with Matthew Baxley, who is the director of a new film called Rainbows in the Wilderness. And they're going to come in and talk to us all about the film, the experience making the film, and where you can, well, someday see (laughs) the film. Especially if you're big on the uh, film (laughs) festival circuit. There you go. Wow. If you ever want to know what it's like in real time to see my brain, just skip a beat. There you go. That was it. Thank you, COVID. Uh, So we are here today to talk to Matthew Baxley about their film, Rainbows in the Wilderness. So I guess without further ado, we'll jump right into the interview. I'm Jay. And I'm Martha. And this is Exploring the North Shore. (laughs) Intro music! We are back with a familiar voice from the podcast. If you have been listening back far enough from the woo, 2020, that was 2020. 2020 Halloween? No, it was uh, 2019, 2019 Halloween and then 2020 was the fishing. Oh. Was yeah, that correct? that's when I was gone. Yeah. Oh, you that's did the fishing right. episode when I was gone. Oh, the ice fishing episode. Yep. So we did an ice fishing episode with this voice. <laughs> got out of it the negative what was it 10 degrees that day but it ended up being i thought it was really nice but we the from the fishing episode and then of course my personal favorite the when we went through a haunted house episode where you walked through the entire time holding onto your own fist oh yes oh my gosh mm-hmm. wait what <laughs> i guess i need to i've never listened to that episode it was very memorable it i mean was, uh, being in it yeah doing the experience well that and because i don't think i gave you any warning whatsoever that you were going to be in it i think i think it was like an hour maybe before we went through where i was like hey joe can't be here can you do it and you're like sure and then we met up with sarah stover and all three of us went through and i just have to say if they're listening melody melody and tom nope tom riddle is uh <laughs> it's voldemort <laughs> The riddles, if you are listening to this, <laughs> do the haunted house again. That was amazing and I miss it. Okay. So bring it anyway, back. Bring it back. Bring it back. We're here with Matthew Baxley. If you haven't put those two things together, Matthew Baxley, one of the uh hosts of the Boundary Waters podcast, the owner of Bear Witness Media, and a whole host of other amazing things. And we are here today to talk about your new film, which is called Rainbows in the Wilderness. That's and correct. Martha and I got to see it. Uh, was that the premiere? It was. Oh, that's mm-hmm. exciting. It was. We got to see the premiere at the start, kind of the kickoff of the Cook County Pride Fest, which was, okay, hold June, on. June 10th. 9th. June 9th was the video. That was the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. June 10th was the rest of the Pride activities. And it is currently June 15th. You won't hear this, dear audience, until next Thursday, but timeline groundwork there you go and you have another showing of the sh- of the movie right yeah uh, a little backstory okay so um you know the film's been 10 months in the making and was uh wasn't going to release quite yet uh there's still still a little bit of work to be done and 
getting into the festival circuit, things like that. But it was an opportunity to release it for our local Pride celebration. And since the theme is very in keeping with the Pride events, uh, we just decided to run it. And then North House uh, heard about that and requested that it show at their uh, wooden boat show. So it it was it was all of it's fairly spontaneous and a little bit unplanned, but I would say perfect timing. That's it. So wait, what we saw last week was an unfinished. I believe I would say it's probably finished, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't planned. Okay. It was sort of a oh, two weeks before we're going to show some films. Let's let's make this one of the films. So you had a? Did you have to rush through editing, or were you pretty much getting there? Uh. I had a few drafts already done and was just kind of going through the feedback and final edit stage. So yeah, just a little bit left, a little bit tweaking. It was great motivation. You know, uh, <laughs> you both know that having a deadline is really helpful. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about it because sure. it is a very interesting premise. And I think I picked up most of how the group came to, well, I picked up why the group was together, but what I missed was how the group came together completely. Well, let me, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of re, reintroduce the, the film that basically is uh, documenting an all LGBTQ plus trip into the Boundary Waters Canaria Wilderness uh, guided through Ely Outfitting Company over in, uh, over in Ely, Minnesota. And so that's basically the experience that's happening and that the story that's being told. But there's a lot more that just couldn't make it into the film. And so there's a whole bunch of backstory that we can talk as little or as much about as you want. Well, let's talk about how how did all there was nine of you in the group. So there was the owner of the Ely Outfitters. There was the gentleman and I, what was Micah Meyer? Yep. Who kind of coordinated and came up with the whole plan. Yeah, it seems like uh, uh, similar to what you're saying, but slightly different. So uh, a little bit about Micah. Micah is sort of a social media phenomenon, uh, especially in the queer community, and um, had launched this sort of uh, initiative called the Outdoor Safe Space Initiative, which uh, if you've ever seen the little rainbow trees, um, which has now been picked up by REI, um, the oh, idea really? is, yeah, it's it's it's, cool. it's taken Did they pay on. him for that? I do not know the financials. <laughs> um, I would hope so. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the whole idea is that, you know, uh, if you're wearing one of those rainbow trees in the outdoors, you're kind of showing to anybody who may want to see that you're uh, a safe person for them to express any elements of their identity that may otherwise uh, cause some fear in a mm -hmm. space that's stereotypically um, been a little challenging for a diverse group of people which the outdoors has been. Mm -hmm. So Micah, uh, who has this outdoor safe space initiative and uh, was a huge inspiration to Jason, the owner of Ely Outfitting Company. So they teamed up to put this trip together. And I would say Micah has this incredible reach and following and Jason is just the perfect person <laughs> to coordinate a Boundary Waters trip. So they actually brought most of the individual on that trip came from outdoor, um, brands um, around the country. Okay. So there's a representative from Keene, there was a representative from Patagonia, there was um, a representative from REI. Okay. Um, and and then uh, and then some of us filled in the gaps like myself. 
Okay, because I was trying to figure out how somebody from, there was somebody from Washington, correct? Portland area? Yep, that was uh, Katie uh, Keene representative. Okay. I was like, how did she end up? And I know she said it was on her bucket list to come and do this. Am I mixing the people up in my head? No, you got it right. Okay. Great cool. memory. All right. Mm -hmm. I was I was in my head taking notes during the whole, but it was also really hard because the film was very engaging and very interesting. And I didn't want to like not be present in the film. So mm -hmm. I was trying to remember details as we watched, but I remember Katie saying it was on her bucket list. And I'm like, it's so interesting to me that somebody from Portland would put the Boundary Waters. I mean, most people don't know, one, that it exists, or two, how incredible this area is to make it something they'd want to come and do. So that was really fun to see. And I was, you know, but, and then now that you're saying there's some brand reps, that actually makes a lot of sense for how this broad group of people came together from both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, a, I think there's a lot of incentive in a lot of those outdoor brands who have made it a priority to increase equity within their, um, within their companies and to try to tackle some of those things. So to um, send some of some ambassadors for the trip um, was a really, I think, a positive step for them. And I do want to give a huge shout out to um, the campaign to save the boundary waters, because they actually were uh, a big player in um, navigating some of those um, brand relationships. Awesome. And you, I don't want to give away the film, but the start sure. of the trip seems like it was maybe a little bit rough. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how everybody would start describing, be like, the first day was so rainy, but all the spirits were high. It was like each person being like, first day, first day, first day. It was I, just so rainy. I was going to say, I feel like when it rains on the first day of a trip, it almost makes that trip something really special. Did you feel that? Yeah. I mean, I, we were all really in it. And one thing that I don't think is said directly in the film is that it's um, mid to late September. Yeah. And up here, that's not a warm time yeah. of year. It's not necessarily cold, cold, but it's not warm. So it was cool and rainy and it literally i think as jason says in the film it rained it was raining when we woke up and it was raining when we went to bed so uh, you didn't have any time to dry off in between nope no sun nothing so we went we woke up wet went to bed wet and like you know there's a sweet moment in the film where jason the outfitter who's been in and around the boundary waters for most of his adult life uh sort of speaks endearingly about how you have to be, you know, when, when it's raining, you don't go outside, but when you're on a wilderness trip, you just have to be out there. I remember that because I love the rain. And I remember during the drought, was that last summer? 21, 2020, 2021. I have been waiting all summer for a good rain. I remember I posted on Facebook, like I need a good storm. Literally within two days of that, we had like torrential downpouring rain. For you like called it in, Martha. An hour, I literally went outside to <laughs> lay in my driveway just to enjoy the rain. So when he mm. said that, I was like, I see rain and thunderstorms. But I'm like, who wants to go outside with me? Yes. Yeah, I remember I that day mm -hmm. I texted you. I'm like, it's raining. And you're like, I know oh, I'm no. outside lying down in the middle of my driveway. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I should go do that. I needed this. So I... I feel like most of my childhood memories of camping trips involve at least a few days of rain. And those trips are more ingrained in my brain, in my memory, than the trips that were just the perfect weather and everything went perfect. 
That's true. Those are my most memorable Camp Miller times. Mm-hmm. When we got the really big storms, and I'd be like, everybody pile in like the dining hall, and everybody's in the basement, and you're just like chilling with the whole camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, did you feel like that really helped to cement, especially the unity in the group? Yeah, I mean, what, there's nothing like a shared. Um... Uh, maybe adversary and in this case that was the weather and it 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 demanded i think a lot more of our uh cooperation and a lot more of our mutual encouragement just to get through the that hard day yeah just get through that hard day and so yeah it did i think integrate us a lot in the first day and as you both know it makes when the sun comes out Eventually, it makes that all the more blissful. And what? The, how long was the trip? That was one another thing I didn't quite get from the film is how long you were there for. I think you mentioned it at the beginning, but I, I forgot it by the time we finished. No, no problem. It's three nights. So we entered on day one, came out on day four. And uh, I would say day three was that first really nice day. The film's kind of a, a little misleading, you know, because it goes from that rainy day yeah. to that super epic sunset and the campfire. But there was a whole, you know, that was day one and day three. Okay. But for all, pra- you know, for all practical purposes, that's, there was an evolution that occurred in the group where we came together, you know, we sort of sunk into the space in a really meaningful way and then got sort of rewarded with the gift of the beauty and the warmth and... And, We've been swimming in the lake, and yeah, I, and I don't like swimming in cold water, but there were some eager swimmers that were. <laughs> yeah, I did go in on that rainy day, actually, just just to say I did. And the water, the air is closer. The air temperature is closer to the water temperature, so when it's colder out, the water doesn't feel as cold. I know it actually did feel warm. So it feels You're right, warmer. Martha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, before you went on this trip with nine people, mm-hmm. how many of them had you met before you? met to go on the trip um good question i think three okay and then for most of them they'd never met anybody yeah before mm-hmm. and how was that for just literally taking complete strangers and going into this vast wilderness you know it's kind of funny when you get a group of adults together that don't know each other i feel like there's you sort of I think everybody's kind of on their best behavior, really reserved. You know, you don't really get to see somebody's true. They don't let their wild out yet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I would say all the more so with, a, a you know, this sort of group of um, out people who are stoked to be outdoors, but we're also stoked to be in sort of a safe queer space. But it took a while to really, you know, trust that that's the space we were going to co-create together. So everybody was really reserved when we got to the outfitters. You know, we did a, a circle up and we're introductions and everybody was also sort of especially representing their their companies oh, or their yeah. brands or whatever. Members of the trip is Emily Ford who, you know, has had two other documentaries made about her trips in the wilderness. So she's pretty used to that. And I, I would say out of anybody, Emily showed up and was Emily from the time we got there to the time we left. But most of us were took a good couple of days to really let the guards come down, get into the giggles, really <laughs> let like, let the sort of, I like what you said, let the wild out. 
the let the wild out in the wild. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, Martha, yeah, let the was, wild out. That was one hard thing for me when we started the podcast as I am. I'm very wild and I'm very all over the place. So I find myself having to be like, I should probably tone that in just a little bit. Because mm-hmm. not everybody is used to let it out. But how I am. And now how now how is it? I still gotta do it. <laughs> tone it down sometimes, but I feel mm-hmm. like at this point people people have gotten a feel for me now. Well, most awesome. of our listeners, I think, now are your family. So Hello, Martha's family. Mm. (laughs) Hi, Martha's family. (laughs) So is there going to be another trip like this? Yeah, actually. So last summer, I, right before this, I guided uh, an all LGBTQ trip um, through Ely Outfitting. And that was sort of the first. um, And it just had three participants, you know, and it was an amazing experience. We did this one, and now um, there's another one scheduled for the end of the summer, which is full, and we're talking about um, adding a second. Awesome. So it's it takes, you know, it, like with anything new, you kinda get, mm-hmm. it takes a while to get the word out, but it's gonna keep going, and um, I've heard that there are a few other nonprofits who have actually done a few similar trips. Oh, um, here in, in the Boundary Waters or other places? Yeah, I think there was, um, Maybe, um, okay, I don't remember who it was, but I think there was one that was being marketed for this summer through a nonprofit out of the Twin Cities. Nice. How can somebody, for the one you did through Ely Outfitters, how can they find out more more information if this is something they would be interested in? Yeah, great question. I think you can just go to the Ely Outfitting Outfitting Company website um, and look look at their guided trips, and it should be listed on there as a guided trip option. And I think a lot of your listeners um, probably are from the Twin Cities, right? Yeah. So I think there was a write-up in Lavender uh, about the trip from last year uh, featuring Jason. And so maybe some people would have seen it in there. And I think um, it may be on their calendar, actually. All right. And then when can people start to see rainbows in the wilderness? Great question. Uh, probably not till the end of this summer. Uh, it takes a little while oh, to so go. We got lucky. We did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It may, may it may come out before that, but it takes a little bit of time to get through the whole festival circuit and figure out how it's going to shake out. And and then it will be. Um, Do you know which festivals you're going to be going into? Uh, I mean, I have it in five right now. You know, it's everything from, I think it was one like fishnets and hand grenades. Mm. Uh, it's a queer film fest. I love that. Yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> that may not quite be quite the right festival. Um, everything from some some small, newer ones to some well-established ones. Are they mostly in Minnesota? Uh, no, most of them are, are out of state, um, east and west coast. And then there there's a fest in Ely in the winter that it will probably be in. Are you planning to go to the festivals with the film? Or is it the thing where you're sending it off and... Yeah, we'll see. I actually had somebody reach out to me from my hometown, La Crosse, Wisconsin. Um, oh, that place is beautiful. I've <laughs> only been there once. But you remember like, it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. Beautiful. It is beautiful. And there's a, a like a, a film, adventure film group that um, plays films like this in the little Rivoli Theater in downtown La Crosse. And they heard about the film and got a hold of me and they want to play it. And so I'm super thrilled to go back to my hometown and sort of have that like, I'm out in my hometown, mm-hmm. letting this play, and um, 
And it's interesting because I'm not really out to my parents, so maybe that would be uh, an opportunity <laughs> to invite them to the film. And <laughs> guess the... what? Hey, mom and dad. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I good. I don't want to give away anything in the film, sure. but there you do touch on that how you came out later in life, mm-hmm. and then the very last line of the film mm. to me was the one I mean I got goosebumps she was crying I cried well before that yes but I also cried at that part yes it was that was Holly right that was Holly <laughs> that was Holly <laughs> and I I for the listeners you have to watch the film and watch it until the very last second because that line the the line at the very end is so powerful and the most powerful message that I think could have come out of that film. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Can I say a few things about yeah. that? Yeah. I think, you know, being a human is a complex experience and it's easy, I think, in our world to try to put everything in neat boxes. And I think one of the challenges about being your unique self is that it can make finding belonging really challenging. And that especially applies to sexuality and gender, um, spectrum experiences. So I'd say one of the most important messages of the film for me is that um, it's important to talk about our complexity, especially when it comes to our complex sexualities and our complex experiences of gender. And through doing that in really safe places, it actually can make for the most powerful experience of belonging that we're all really crave and are looking for. And we got to experience that on the trip. And my hope is that that can just continue to happen in all sorts of places. Yes. And I hope that if you're listening to this and you're looking for that experience, that you seek it out. Because it does seem like it did a lot for you. And you and, and it sounds like elements of that resonated for both of mm-hmm. you as well. Which oh, yeah. hearing that makes me so happy. Yeah, it was it was great, it was absolutely amazing. They end up editing on that, throwing that at the end, and it's part of why I asked if we were seeing the finished product because I'm like, whatever you do, do not change the ending because mm. that hit yep. so hard and so wonderfully. which is and and that is why i'm suggesting everybody see the film because it can apply to so much more in life too not just that's exactly i i think i said it to you i draw that to not just sexuality race too i that's what connected me with all of it so well as i understood everything they were saying i'm just like i really hit home for me so i don't cry but it was just really good (laughs) we're all crying now it's okay (laughs) okay go ahead well i mean you can leave this in or take it out but i think that uh emily and i had some really great conversations about that complexity because you know we you have a lot of like people are experiencing a variety of different sexual orientations and gender experiences but all you know, white folks. Mm-hmm. And and Emily has this, has all this, you know, her own 
experiences of those things, but also as a, a woman of color, it's like that adds to the, her experience of complexity in the context of that group. And so it, it le- even in that, in that way, it led to a, a lot more rawness that um, we got to be able to talk about. We have to. Otherwise, we, we miss out on so much of each other if we can't. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I'd love to hear more about how that landed <laughs> with you, Martha. Yeah. We can chat a little bit more. Um, is there anything else you wanted to include that anybody listening should know? Yeah. Oh, yes. This is my necessary caveat okay. uh, that the film was funded uh, through a grant from Arrowhead Regional Arts Council. Um, and so that was the... Uh, it was a generous award to get that the, the arts grant, and that allowed me to feel like I could take the time I needed to put all this together. And so yay for the arts yes. as well, that they would be willing to fund something like this. And that is a great program, too. Mm-hmm. And is this your first film film that's... Yeah, I would say so. I, I had something um, a couple of winters ago. It was a wild ice skating, oh, that's, yes. super short um, documentary that I put in my first fest. It was like in the um, winter wilderness festival during COVID. And that's kind of what got me stoked. I was like, oh, I can I can make films and I can tell stories. Put them out and let people see them. But I think this is the first one I consider sort of legit. I think it's great. I was beyond impressed i was i feel privileged to now to know that i was at the premiere mm-hmm. and amongst the first to see it see it on the big screen yeah maybe it was a good turnout too oh yeah there's oh, a lot for of sure. people there and it yeah it was great to experience that thank you for being there to support it i mean it's the story is nothing without people to share it mm-hmm. so thanks for thanks for, and having me on here too yeah. that's really rad i want to make this available as soon as possible so anybody's curious can check it out well we'll do an update when it's available and how people can see it when it is so definitely we'll keep in touch we we keep in touch a lot so it's okay it's yes. not like we're going out of our way we will definitely talk again you may have to go out of your way eventually oh that's true <laughs> i was like Why? i will she will. oh yeah oh yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah well we are here again with matthew baxley the owner of bear witness media and the creator of an incredible film, Rainbows in the Wilderness, that you will hopefully be able to see very soon if you don't catch it on the festival circuit. So thank you so much, Matthew, for one, the film, and two, coming in and talk to us about it. Thanks, right. Pride. Aren't you and on pride. the Pride Committee? Oh, yeah. I am. And Pride. Yeah. yeah. I was honored to dance with pride you both awesome. uh, <laughs> oh, <God>. on Saturday. <laughs> I need to do that more often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl likes to dance her life mm-hmm. away. That yeah. was another So experience. much embodied joy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you again, and we'll be back. This podcast episode is sponsored by Cascade Vacation Rentals. They know that life has a tendency to be overwhelming at times, and busy schedules often leave people feeling overwhelmed and disconnected. That's why they're here, to offer you the space and opportunity to reconnect to what's important. Cascade Vacation Rentals has one of the largest selections of privately owned vacation rental homes and cabins on Minnesota's North Shore of Lake Superior, from Duluth to the Canadian border. Their team is there to help you and your family or small group enjoy a vacation you'll remember for years to come. Visit them online at www.cascadevacationrentals.com. Again, that's www.cascadevacationrentals.com. 
All right, so that was our interview with Matthew Baxley, the director and creator of the film Rainbows in the Wilderness. And uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page because we will update when you can go see the film. And I just want to say that even if you are not a member of my new favorite phrase for it is the Rainbow Mafia, by the way. Yes. That's my favorite. <laughs> Thank you, TikTok. Or wait, no, isn't it the Alphabet Mafia? Who's the Alphabet Mafia? It's a th- I think it's the same thing. It's the Alphabet the rainbow alphabet mafia it is the alphabet mafia but i think it's also the rainbow mafia hell whatever both i love both even if you are not a member of that community this is a film that will drive a message home that i think everybody should hear if you're especially if you're in a place where you're kind of not sure where you fit in watch the film because it has a message in it that I feel like anybody, Everybody. whether you are in the LGBTQ oh, yeah. community or not, I I think I said that when we were talking to him that not only did I connect with that stuff being a part of that community, but it also resonated so much with just being a woman of color. And so you don't have to be a part of that community to watch this movie and f- feel so much for it. Yes. So I don't want to spoil the ending because to me, the very last line of that film, it, of course, it made us cry. It made us cry then and it made us cry here when we were time crying about it right now. Oh, watch the film. It's amazing. We will continue to update you on where you can see it and when. And we were just after we stopped recording, we did talk to Matthew very briefly about um when how the premiere is going to go and they're not sure yet when it's going to be premiered but when they do we will let you know so with that i'm jay and i'm martha and this has been exploring the north shore